Welcome to the Taiwanese Diaspora Podcast, where we use personal storytelling to connect people of Taiwanese heritage from all around the world. I am Cynthia, and I'm excited to use this podcast platform as a way to explore what it means to be Taiwanese X. If you have any feedback, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or drop me a line. This is episode 49. This episode is in English. We're joined today by Barbara Wei. If you follow table tennis or ping pong, you'll probably recognize her name. And so we're really excited to be able to talk and reflect who she is without table tennis being the central part of her life. 大家好,欢迎收听台湾人网络广播 我是阿秀 从小就在马里兰学乒乓球，然后后来初中、高中的时候就到世界各国比赛。我们今天聊的是乒乓球，或是桌球对他的影响力。他现在还是到处飞，在桌球比赛当评论员，但他主要的目的是想办法把他过来
actually let's set the stage real quick so I don't follow table tennis um, so I don't know very much about it I know it comes on the Olympics every so often every year every Olympic year summer Olympic year you've won a lot of awards so let's start there and go backwards to how you started playing t- table tennis yeah definitely um, so table tennis has been an, an Olympic sport since 1988 um, and we just had an awesome Tokyo Olympics for table tennis, so there's some great stuff there. Uh, and I think in terms of the awards, there's a lot of uh, competitions that I've won and participated in that I'm really proud of. Um, I was on the U.S. junior team and U.S. cadet team, so that's the under-15 national team and the under-18 national team for six years during middle school and high school. And I was able to travel the world to compete um, and actually be part of the first generation, I would say, of uh, young table tennis Americans who were able to travel and compete regularly because they had just started the World Cadet Challenge and the World Junior Circuits. And now it's much more built up. Um, now we have Youth Olympic Games and many other pieces, but we were part of that pioneering group and it, that was the most amazing part. Um, I think that's what I recognize. I was also in college, um, finalists or second place in women's doubles, mixed doubles, and then finished in the top four, all four years of college. And recently someone dug up my college um, like match sheet and I had won 27 matches and lost seven in, over the four years. So it was pretty successful. That's awesome. What, where are some of the cool places you've gotten to travel for table tennis? Wow, so many. I think the very first trip I did, I was 12, and I earned a sponsored training trip um, to Tokyo. So I was in Tokyo for three weeks um, with three other American players who were also like 12 and 13 in a chaperone, and we trained at the Butterfly Tomasu Dojo, um, and that is their, I think, Butterfly eventually became my equipment sponsor but they're big table tennis corporation and we got to meet with like other like world-class players there got to play with the local people and it was my first big international trip so I I remember that one very very clearly Um, and I flew from Maryland to Japan by myself and I met up with the team there by myself when I was 12 so that was the beginning of the journey oh my gosh (laughs) yeah did you get the royal treatment while you were on the plane Oh, maybe not on the way there, but I did come back. I've, I have flown, when I was 14, I ended up getting upgraded to business class before on a Tokyo to DC flight because I traveled so much for table tennis. Oh, that's, wow. Okay, so I don't even know where to ask. I'm, I'm curious as to like, um, when did you know you wanted to become a table tennis professional? Yeah, I think there was no specific moment. I think it was, um, I started competing just really locally at my club when I was just seven, eight. And then really soon we started to play these like national tournaments, like the Amateur Athletic Union AAU Junior Olympics. And then we were going to nationals. And these were all driving distance for Maryland competitions. And I think I just really loved it. And I had a lot of fun, but I was only like 10. So I was doing a lot of other things too, as like 10 year olds do. Um, and then there's a plane above (laughs) 
So how did you know that table tennis is your sport? Yeah, I think it was a, a slow process. I think we just started competing in local tournaments and then larger tournaments like the AAU Junior Olympics and then trying to go to even bigger tournaments like nationals. Um, and what you start to find is that people start to kind of focus on you, right? And then as a kid, you really like that. People are like, wow, you're getting better and your coaches are pushing you to do more things um, and you're going to bigger and bigger events and it just feels like it's so much fun. I think as a 10-year-old, as an 11-year-old and even like all the way up though, so fun. And I don't think you start recognizing it's your thing until other people make it your thing and they start saying, oh, this is Barbara. She is." Sometimes my friends introduce me as, this is Barbara, she's going to beat you at table tennis. <laughs> so then you realize, oh, this is really my thing. And did you ever have moments when you were just like, I think I'm tired of this? Yeah, of course, of course. And I think every athlete has those moments where they're just like, I'm in a plateau, I'm not getting better. Um, and I don't want to go to practice 20 hours a week, right? Um, but I think I was very, I think I still liked practice, even if I wasn't performing as well in a tournament. Um, and I was, I knew that uh, even if my, we have ratings in table tennis, so like even if my rating wasn't improving, I could feel in practice that certain skills were improving. Um, and also that I was still good enough to, make the national team and go travel and compete. And that was pretty consistent um, throughout, so. So what was it like, so practice-wise, 20 hours a week, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, how did you fit that in with like school or, or social activities or other stuff or like, at what age did you start having to commit 20 hours a week? Yeah, I think um, probably around when I was 11 or 12 is when I felt like I was getting good enough that I was starting to miss school because I was going to tournaments and traveling internationally and playing on the national team. How did I fit it all in? Um, you know, Cynthia, I'm like very organized. And so I yeah. did a lot of planning in order to get things done. Um, and so I think that was the best way I had a, if you look at my high school planners, they're super organized. And um, when I had to travel for tournaments, I would let my teachers know way ahead of time. And sometimes I would do the work early. So I would just stay after school and just take tests in their office so that I was caught up um, even before I left. So it was a week ahead and then I came back and I was on time. So that's what it was like in high school. I was super busy. I do a lot of homework on the plane. Oh my gosh. And so then would you, would you practice every day after school? Yeah, I played um, most days after school. So school ended at like 3.30. Uh, before I could drive, my parents couldn't pick me up till like 6. So then I would try to do my homework or take a nap at school. <laughs> and then I usually would practice probably um, sometimes maybe 4.30 and 6.30 and then on some days and then other days it would be after dinner. So it'd be like 7.30 to 9.30 and then all the weekends. So like Friday night, five to 10, Saturday, like three to eight or Sunday, like 11 to three. Um, so it was super busy all the time. Um, and I played probably five or six days a week and balance that with school. What sort of, would you just be playing table tennis the entire time or was there cross training or other types of skills that needed to be developed for like hand-eye coordination or? 
running or I don't know. Yeah. So I think those 20 hours were exclusively like on the table hours. And then there was like other hours that were used um, for more physical training. So I did a little bit of running, um, but not a lot, probably like two or three miles, maybe like once a week, so not a ton. And then we did a lot of jump rope as our agility training. So a lot of jumping rope, a lot of what you probably know as like soccer drills with cones on the ground uh, for foot agility, basically. Because tail tennis is all about focus, really, really deep focus for short periods of time and agility with your feet and your body coordination. So that was probably another two or three hours a week. That's really cool that's about feet because I would have assumed that it was like all on the hands and the eyes. Yeah, it's I kind think of like climbing where it's like also in the legs. That's right. I think a lot of people see mostly um, you hitting the ball with your arm, but the very first thing you have to do is know where the ball's going and move your feet to the right location. So that's the first step. And if you don't get your feet to the right location, it's not going to happen. You're probably going to miss. So that's why it's all about your feet in the beginning and at the end too. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. I can't have just like a light bulb moment. <laughs> Did you continue, I mean, you continued this into college and then now you're also like a commentator and writer for uh, Butterfly or? Yeah, so after, um, so I played on the national junior and cadet team. In addition to going to Tokyo on that training scholarship, I was able to go to many other places, Brazil, Portugal, Sweden, all over Canada. I think I've been to Vancouver and Toronto like over 15 times in my life. Because uh, we play a lot of North American competitions, and I've also played tournaments in China. Um, and then in the high school period of my life, I spent all summers in China training in Shanghai. So we would train six and a half days a week and about eight to ten hours a day in the summer for three months. So that was the high school portion. Um, wow. Yeah. And then afterwards, I went to college and I played in the Collegiate Table Tennis Association. I went to the University of Pennsylvania, which is in Philadelphia, which did not have as robust a infrastructure for table tennis. So I had to kind of like make it up. Um, but it, it turned out really well. Um, in 2008, the Olympic trials are actually held in Philadelphia um, for table tennis. So I got to play there um, and finish ninth. And then in, I continued to play throughout college. Um, in 2011, I went to Shenzhen, China to play in the World University Games, which is like the Olympics for college students. So it's part of Team USA. And that's, that felt like the Olympics. We had an opening ceremony. We had an athlete's village. And it was really wonderful. Um, and then in 2012, I finished sixth at the US Olympic Trials, um, which was also incredible. I wasn't really, that's like post-college and starting work as a consultant. So I was balancing a full-time job and training. Um, but I was still training at my old club in Maryland. And then after that, um, I moved to New York, I moved to Chicago, I sort of started separating myself from competitive play um, and making a new name for myself. So I started working with Butterfly, which had been my equipment sponsor all throughout uh, middle school and high school, uh, and worked with them for about five years to commentate through the sports commentary and live interviewing at their tournaments all across the US. So I'd go to five or six tournaments a year, um, LA Open, I was also in Raleigh, I was in St. Louis, um, multiple tournaments in the Chicago area, and then also went to Canada for them, um, and also would write at the same time. Um, so that was another time period where I was spending a lot of time promoting the sport, and I got to know all the new players, and then in 
about 2018, I started sort of thinking less about developing myself and more about giving back to the community. And I'm on two different nonprofit boards that support uh, youth table tennis programs at my home club in Maryland, and also one in Chicago where I am now. Um, and now serving uh, also on a committee to for the Collegiate Table Tennis Association for they're, they're raising a bunch of funds and then we're on the community to help disperse the funds in the best way. So it's been a journey in my adult life through table tennis. What do you think table tennis has like, I mean, cause so clearly it's taught you like self-discipline. Um, it's taught you how to go on trips alone <laughs> and explore cities cause you're very good at, you know, having been in Boston for a year, you've probably been to like way more places than I have in <laughs> many years. Like what, what do you think table tennis means to you? Yeah, I think for me, my favorite part about it um, is the community that it gives. Hold on, can we do that? Yeah. After that. Boat. Boat. <laughs> it's going to be really interesting because we don't really know what this is going to really sound like. <laughs> so hopefully you guys can hear us. The boat is almost away. Maybe it just sounds more like through the recorded part. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So I think for me, table tennis is a lot of things. I think it taught me a lot of individual skills, like the self-discipline, the organization, like project management, like how do you, and time management, how do you get it all done? Um, I like to think of it when I play competitions as like a metaphor for life. Like sometimes you have to be really aggressive. Sometimes training is not what you think it is that's gonna be the best thing. And sometimes you lose and that's okay. And there's always another tournament to play to, you know, show your, show your improvement, show your skills. Um, but mostly for me, I think table tennis means community. It means that I've moved a lot um, since graduating from high school, and it means that wherever I go, um, I can have a community that's welcoming, and like I can be known for something, and I can just show up at a table tennis club and probably know someone there. And even if I don't, um, people have always been super excited to see me, and that makes me feel grounded wherever I am. So even when I came to Boston, for work, um, but before I moved here, I was able to play table tennis on some evenings and feel welcomed into that community, and that's been really great. And to have those friends over time. I mean, as you've pivoted away from table tennis being kind of like the center mm -hmm. of your life, did you have to go through like an identity shedding and like a phoenix moment, or? Or was it like, okay, well, this time of my life is over. I'm going to, you know, pivot and do like a different, be, and be involved in a different way. Or, or was it not that clear cut? Yeah, I can think of a couple moments in my table tennis career where I realized that my role was now different. Um, and sometimes the cues from like the outside world help you solidify that. So one of the times was right when I was leaving for college. Um, and I started to realize that up until then, it was all about achievement. It was all about making sure you're on the national team, getting the highest rating, like making sure you're always beating these people. Um, and it was all about achieving and achieving. And that's what I thought my worth was, was that like, I think athletes always, many, many athletes feel this, that your only worth, if, your only worth is tied up in if you win, right? Um, and then at my senior year, um, at my national, my, my last national team trials, I lost in sort of a tie and I didn't make the team. So, and 
at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't make the team. Like, everything is over, right? Like, every, like no one's going to ever want to practice with me. Like, I don't think, like, I'm worthy of anything. Like, what if my sponsors all run away? Like, and this is like, I was kind of, I was very scared. I wouldn't say I was, like, depressed about it. I was more, like, anxious and scared about it. And my coach said something to me um, that was... Was that the first time that you didn't win something major? That was the first time I didn't make the team yeah for like for six years in a row i'd always performed at that very important national team trials yeah and that was the first time that i didn't make it so like just take us back to a moment really quick so like were you just immediately crushed yeah i think like what went through your head if you still remember yeah well it was a very stressful time and i think i was more stressful for me than for going for like even my coaches and stuff. So um, the same day that was the national team trials was also the same day that I found that I would, I would find out if I would, had gotten into Penn because I'd applied early decision. So both of these like major life events were going to happen like around the same time. So it was super stressful. Um, and I think in my mind I was like, everyone just stops playing after high school, right? The high school is like the pinnacle of your abilities and then sort of like downhill from there. Um, and I really believe that, like, I didn't make the team, like, this is the beginning of the downhill. And how sad is that? Like, I was just sort of anxious about what people would think of me. All the, like, the self-worth was built in there. Um, and, and that moment, what was going through my head was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I lost and people are going to be mad. Like, all these people who supported me, like, they're going to, like, they're not going to be proud anymore, right? And I was so used to being the person that people were proud of, was proud of. Um, so what really happened that day was I lost. I got into Penn, which was, like, awesome. It was, like, dream school. I lost. And I think I remember, like, hiding under a table and, like, crying. And, like, by myself, like, no, and people, like, couldn't find me. And I was like, I don't care that you can't find me. Um, and then someone eventually found me. I won't, and what my coach told me later that day was like, it's not like you lost and you forgot all your skills. Like you just lost. Like people still, they don't practice with you because you are winning all the time. I mean, they practice with you because you have the skills that they also want to practice with, right? So it's not like you forgot how to do everything. You still know how to do everything. And, um, and he said, maybe the best, now that you don't have the pressure anymore of making the national junior team, um, Let's just see how the next six months kind of unfold, right? And it was an, and it took me a while to realize that it was an opportunity to understand, like, did I really love table tennis for the sport, or did I like it because I was getting to travel and had all these accolades? Um, and sometimes it's scary to examine that, right? And I was forced to examine that. Um, and luckily for my 18-year-old self, that. Um, I sort of like took a week off. It was right in December, so I took a week off for Christmas. Um, I think my family and I went to Disney World <laughs> afterwards, after nationals, um, to celebrate the college acceptance as well. And then when I came back in January to play, it was like a different energy. Like I would play not because I was nervous for my rating or like nervous about the next tournament, and I actually competed more and competed more freely and actually got better faster. Um, and that was incredible six months. What changed? I think I felt like, you know, I think sometimes if you're scared in sports, you actually play worse, right? Because you're like, 
so scared of missing that you kind of hesitate and don't swing very much. And you're so scared of trying this new thing that you plateau because you're not letting yourself be daring. And then I felt like I have nothing to gain, I have nothing to lose. That's what my you know, 18 year old self said. And so I'm just gonna like see how it goes and not try to control everything so tightly. And so I, I trained as much as I felt like, which was like still like 20 hours a week because it was fun. And um, I was able to go to competitions and then I was able to just sort of relax and have more fun with it. And I actually achieved like higher ratings than I had before that. And I actually got a lot better, played smarter, was more daring. Um, and had a lot when more you say fun. daring what do you mean I would I mean I was already like traveling the world by myself but I would also like just say hey I'm gonna play this random tournament and I don't really care what happens right I just want to play and like I'm gonna be able to collect information about my skills I'm gonna go see my friends I'm just gonna play for fun or cheer for other people and had this really like community feeling um, those are all things I wasn't so focused on before. It was focused on those, like, prior to that, prior to, when not daring, it was like a very regimented schedule, a very regimented um, training. And now it was like free to just experiment a little bit and to find out why I liked it. And that's what I felt was daring. That's awesome. Did you think that, like, was there a moment in time when you wanted to quit? I mean, we kind of talked about mm-hmm. it before, but like, did you like when you're you know whether it was not making the team senior year or like throughout practice like maybe you didn't go to like a birthday party mm-hmm. or whatever like where you're just like you know this is taking up too much time I want to quit or did you like always enjoy it and like you wanted to go like you wanted to go to practice or did your parents make you go to practice yeah I think for me I was lucky I actually really enjoyed it um so I wanted to go to practice um and and I think it really showed um when I went to college and a lot of there's a huge drop-off for players when they go to college um but I went to Penn and I was like gosh there's no infrastructure here like what do we do and so I would actually go seek out players and I would take time away from campus to like take the subway out somewhere to meet somebody and to practice with someone at a higher level and I wasn't practicing in like a really nice place I was like in Chinatown in like a restaurant's basement that they had a table and we were like cleaning it off and like I remember being like oh my gosh but I would still do that like twice a week and people would go there to practice together and so I think that really showed that I I had a lot of fun because you miss the community or did you miss just playing table tennis or like what was the what was the impetus for finding people and how did you find them? Yeah, I think um, I think I missed I think it became part of my life like it started kind of a habit, you know and I was like, of course I want to keep my skills like up um, and so what it you know there must there will be future competitions and future things so. I was like, let's go try this. Um, and I missed the community, but I also found the people because um, I've been in the community for so long that I could contact people in the area and just see what they were up to. So. And did you have your eyes set on like Olympic trials at that point? I think the 2008 ones were already announced. So yes, I was definitely preparing my first semester for the Olympic trials, and then which were in January of 2008. 
and then in April of 2008 were the Collegiate Nationals. So I, um, in my freshman year, I was very into performing well there and like reconnecting with my friends at Collegiate Nationals. That's awesome. Okay, so now that you've pivoted, mm-hmm. you know, you're wearing a different hat for the ping pong, or sorry, the table tennis world, and you've talked a lot about like how you're giving back to the community and what you want to inspire like youth to do. Like I guess like what is your message to the youth or to adults who might be interested mm-hmm. in playing? Like is it ever is there a time where it would be too late to pick up table tennis? No, I think this for specifically for this sport, it's um, it's very accessible for all ages and all ability levels as well. Um, we have actually a super strong like Paralympic team even for table tennis. So I love the sport for that, that there's so much diversity in the people that play. So there's never a time that's too late. Um, I think my message for those young children and youth or like people in high school who are training at a high level and feeling the plateau and maybe wanting to quit is to know that um, there's so much more to table tennis than just what you see when you're 15 to 18. There's a whole other world of it that, and all these benefits that like you can't even think about yet. So just to ask them to stick with it and to have fun with it um, and to really check in with themselves about how they're feeling, uh, what, why they're playing table tennis, um, and know that it's okay to take a break um, and then come back and that their skills will not deteriorate so much. So. Try not to be, I remember I was very catastrophic in thinking. I was like, if I don't practice 20 hours a week, then I'm gonna be terrible. If I don't play every week, then it's like never gonna work. But I took, you know, I took like six months off after kind of in the middle, after collegiate nationals my freshman year. And it took maybe like three months to bring the level back. And then three months later, I played a tournament and played better than I ever had and achieved one of my highest ratings of my career. So just to know that it's not all uh, what you see when you're 16 to 18, so to stick with it and to come back years later if you take some time off too. I think there's like a lot of life lessons in what you shared today. Um, how can people contact you or where can they find some of your comments and blogs and are you still active in the scene um, with yeah. Butterfly? Yeah, so um, Butterfly itself has stopped hosting a lot of these tournaments. So although you won't find me commentating, um, you will still see me uh, commentating with the National Collegiate Table Tennis Association, so NCTTA, and they will have their Collegiate Nationals next April um, in Austin, Texas. So you will see me back on the screen commentating then, uh, and I can share those links with you once they're ready. Um, and I think you can write me an email at barbaraxway at gmail.com, and I would love to hear more about table tennis. Um, and also check out uh, Exterior Table Tennis Club in Chicago and Maryland Table Tennis Center in Maryland where I do some of the youth work and help manage their youth programs. Awesome, thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, Encore. Encore. <laughs> All right, Barbara, are there particular mainstream movies or pop culture references that you really resonate with? Yeah, I think um, this is so great. So when I was 18, Cars came out, Cars won. And uh, I really resonated with Lightning McQueen, the main character, because he was so into winning for so long. And that's definitely how I felt. Um, and then I, when I watched the movie, I remember like crying in the theater because I was like, this is me. This is me like 
really obsessed about making sure I achieved and I had the right training and that I had the sponsors, right? And I had my opponents um, that I was trying to beat. And then in the movie, um, kind of ends up in an unfortunate situation, has to kind of change how he thinks about the world. And I felt like it came out during a time when I had just not made the team and is sort of reassessing how I would fit into the world. So I love Cars 1. Um, and then very recently, I saw Cars 3. And it's all about Lightning McQueen reinventing himself in a different role, in like a more supportive role, in a more coach-like role. Um, and I won't spoil the movie for anyone, but it definitely made me feel like this series of movies is hitting at the right time for me. And it is how I am kind of progressing through the sport. Like instead of it's all about me and achieving, now I'm helping the next generation of kids not only achieve, but find the same types of community and love and caring and um, kind of confidence building that the sport can give to them and to encourage them to keep playing. So that is where it is. Yeah, and just like last note on the community, um, you've met some like pretty significant people in your life through table tennis and um, just speaking about how you can just walk into a table tennis, um, like when you're in a new city or whatever, and that's how you are able to like really quickly meet people. Yeah. Um, can you share what that's like? Yeah, for sure. So um, we can just use Boston as an example, but it can be anywhere. Um, so I've developed quite a large community just uh, from growing up playing and staying in the scene for so long. Uh, but when I came to Boston, I had a friend that I'd known in high school who's played with me at Maryland Table Tennis Center, and we reconnected after maybe like almost 10 years. Uh, and I was just able to walk in and play with people at the club and just say, say like, hi, I'm Barbara. Sometimes they know who I am, sometimes they don't. <laughs> and sometimes um, we'll just go in and say like, okay, we have this league night, you can just come and play anyone. And it's just this wonderful place where, you, where you'll feel welcome at any level. Um, for me, at more of an elite level, I know when to go and who to practice with, and people introduce you to other people. Um, even if you're a beginner, it is a really welcoming community where you can come in and people will find the right other, like your right person to play with. How do they, like, so if I, if I walk in, I don't play table tennis, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to get matched to you because it would be like a waste of your time. So, like, how do I indicate? I guess, like, there's, you can just say, I'm Barbara, I'm elite. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's probably not what you say, but <laughs> how do they differentiate super beginners from elites? Yeah, so I think um, many people ask, like, what's your rating, which is something you get when you play a tournament. Um, if people are familiar with chess, it's the same rating system that they use in chess. So they might ask, what's your rating? And you're like, I don't know, I've never played a tournament. And so that was just maybe an indication that you're more of a beginner. Um, but uh, honestly, people will know immediately in like less than five seconds if you get on the table. So they'll say, let's hit a couple balls and then they'll kind of be able to assess what your level is really, really fast. Cool. Because they watch where your feet are? They watch where your feet are. They watch your basic skills. Yes, all those things. So um, so most clubs are large enough are able to kind of get you matched up in the right place. And that's how I started. I was in a beginner class for kids at Maryland Table Tennis Center many, many years ago. If there are people in Chicago, do you do any coaching? Oh, I did coaching for a while. Um, I'm not doing it anymore. I try to concentrate a little bit more on giving back to youth programs in a larger scale, uh, but totally open to it. So if people are in Chicago, they should send me a note. And um, I'd love to especially teach kids how to kind of get into the sport more. 
Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Come back to episode two. And that's it for today. Please send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A or shoot me an email. It's hello at TaiwaneseDiaspora.com. And if you or other people you know have stories that they'd like to share on this podcast, please send them my way as well. Some of you have asked about how to support the show. So if you are inclined, go to coffee, ko-fi.com slash T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A to donate. And if you like to read, check out my book recommendations at bookshop.org slash shop slash T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A. And 10% of the proceeds will come back to support the show. All right. See you next time.